Hello, guys, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Outnumbered with Kelly and Hollis. And as you know, I'm sure you know, can you guess it? We have another amazing, wonderful, absolutely marvelous guest this week. Her name is Carrie Bell, and she works for the Memphis Grizzlies, and she's a manager for their team mentor program. So we decided to switch it up a little bit for you guys this week, and now I'm going to pass it over to her to tell her story. Um, thank you so much, Kelly and Hollis. Um, again, as I've said several times, so excited for the opportunity and proud of the work that you all um, are doing to give voice and opportunities um, for women. Uh, so kudos to you. Um, as she said, my name is Carrie Bell. I serve as the proud leader of the Grizzlies Team Mentor Program. Uh, that is through the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. Um, so I've been here for, time flies, uh, especially in COVID. Uh, been here about two years and um, have had the opportunity to match volunteers in the community uh, with middle school students. So that's the seventh and eighth grade um, range that we focus on. And ultimately um, they practice group mentoring uh, weekly throughout the school year. And so we train the mentors, recruit them, train them um, to ensure that they know mentoring best practices um, that are in alignment with the elements of effective practice uh, from National Mentor. Um, and then, you know, they work together for an hour a week, each week throughout the school year, talking about life, right? Like middle school, as we all know, was a fun time to say the least. And I say that with the most sarcasm. Um, my experience wasn't great. And um, that's particularly why I like to work with middle school students is because I remember having a hard time as a middle schooler. So I really do um, have a passion for middle school students, but all youth overall um, are uh, those that I seek to support. And so the mentors do work with them weekly talking about life, identity, self-esteem, bullying, the little boyfriend or girlfriend that's on their nerves, the teacher that they don't like, the parent that made them upset, you know, all of the things that they're experiencing. And the mentors are really there, you know, just to support them, encourage them, um, and let them know that they have everything inside of them to be whoever they want to be and do whatever they want to do. Um, and, you know, we as a program, the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation are just there to serve as a a vessel and a support system to help them reach their goals in college, career, and life. Um, so that is the work that I do um, as a person. Of course, I'm a daughter, a sister, uh, a proud dog mom, uh, a philanthropist, uh, a friend, so many things um, in so many different aspects. Um, and so just super honored to you know, try to be a light and a, a support to anyone I come in contact with in life. That's, that's my, my personal um, what do you call them? Like your personal statement, like, right. I'm, I'm seeking to just be a light and support in any way that I can to any, literally any individual I come in contact with in life. Um, so super excited to be here and thank you all for having me. Yay. I am super excited to have you. And one thing that I am excited to talk about, because I think so often 
purpose-driven work gets overlooked within the sports mm-hmm. industry. So one, I love that you're doing that. And so I'd love to know more about how you got involved with this position or how did you find this position? Because I think that's another thing is people don't even know where to look for opportunities yeah. like this. That's and I know, you know, it's taken you seven years to get into your dream job. So I'd just love to know a little bit more of like, where did you even find this opportunity or how did it come to be? Absolutely. Um, so Going back to little Carrie, so um, basketball was introduced to me when I was very young. Uh, my bonus dad was a ball player. He and my mom were in the army um, and he was in the basketball league for the military. Um, so he would literally always take my sister and I to like all of the games. Um, and so since I was very young, basketball was in like my blood, um, but I was not blessed with the uh, ability to play the game. <laughs> But I always loved the sport. Um, So ultimately, I wanted to do something in sports. Like I kind of grew up knowing that and I just didn't know what to your point, like how how do you even get into this if you're not a ball player? Right. Um, And so ultimately, um, I remember in high school, I was a part of DECA. I don't even know if it's still a thing anymore, but uh, it was a marketing organization. And um, I really focused heavily in the marketing track in high school. Um, and so I wanted to do sports management. This was me as like, I don't know, how old was I in high school? 13. I thought that's what I wanted to do, sports management. Um, and so then the older I got, um, I really learned that I love children which my mom would tell you she didn't know how that happened because she swore I didn't like that when I was younger, but like now I'm super passionate about youth um, and then became super passionate about community. And um, that literally, I stand on the you know shoulders of giants, my mother being a military member and my grandmother being a community activist, like they literally, you know, trained me up to be of service and to be um, dedicated to community. And so what I wanted to do was try to figure out how to blend all of that, right? I didn't know how I was going to do it, um, but I went to college to be a business major, and I shared I share this, and I always giggle because it's like, it's a joke now, um, but I took calculus and accounting twice and couldn't pass them. Like, they literally took me out, um, so I got kicked out of business school. So, I'm like, at the time, I was also an African-American studies minor, um, and so I pivoted, made that my major. I am um, of, of mixed race, so I'm Puerto Rican and Black, so super proud of every part of my identity. Um, and so I was honored to really study that, uh, you know, African-American side of my family and, and get into the history there. But I'm like, what am I going to do with an African-American studies degree? I didn't want to teach. I didn't want to be a librarian. So many unknowns still. Um, And so following college, where I eventually did graduate with a degree in African-American studies, minor in sociology, my first two months were spent on my mom's couch, um, probably traditional for college grads. And then I got an opportunity to be in AmeriCorps VISTA um, in Miami at a youth development organization. And that's kind of where the spark really started to ignite. Um, I was working with young people. The range, uh, the time that I was there was probably about pre-K through uh, high school students. And I really fell in love with the youth doing programming for them, making sure they had a safe space to go after school, um, all things that were important to 
our upbringing, like having that village, right? Because we were latchkey kids who, you know, had to go home alone because mom was at work. Um, she uh, eventually, you know, became a single mom. And so while I was working, it was called Branches. While I was working at Branches, um, we had this amazing opportunity to choose one of our families to be um, a part of Dwayne Wade's Three Under the Tree, which was his like holiday giveaway that he does um, annually, or at least was doing annually at the time. And I got to be the person to um, physically like attend the event with the family that we selected. And it was like mind blowing to me. Um, first of all, the joy in everyone's hearts and the excitement before he even got there um, was amazing. And of course, you know, I think he allowed them like $5,000 worth of shopping per family. Like it was just phenomenal. Um, but then when he got there and like my students who I was super close to at the time, like froze, like they couldn't speak. These are like pretty outgoing, giggly, silly kids. And they just like were stunned. Like, oh my gosh, that's Dwayne Wade. And I'm like, yes, say hello, introduce yourself. And uh, that moment for me was really special. Just like attending that event, seeing the kids so happy. Um, and the family's so appreciative of getting gifts. Like some of these parents would not have been able to afford gifts on their own or like need things that they needed for their homes. Um, it was just a, a special thing to be a part of. And for me, it was like, I want to be the person who connects these dots somehow. Um, I didn't know to your point what it was called at that time. I think it was with 22, 23 years old. So I didn't know that there was such a thing as like community engagement for an MBA team um, or foundations. I don't think I knew this at the time, but I knew like what I wanted to do. So I just started doing, you know, the research. Um, I would say, yeah, it, it was years. I found teamwork online at some point. Um, and then I, I backtracked before our first conversation, Hollis. And I think I discovered like my first application was like, nine years ago that I submitted to a sports team. Um, and the first opportunity that I like got to work for a sports team was just in 2018. Um, so it has been a long road of applying um, to all facets, NBA, NFL, MLB, soccer, all of the things I'm wanting to do like this community work. Um, particularly with the Grizzlies Foundation, I actually applied the year prior to uh, applying for the position that I'm currently in and, and did not get that position. Um, but I followed up, stayed in touch, tried again um, when this manager position opened. Um, and I was fortunate to finally like have that door open for me. But I mean, it took, talk about knocking, like it took years of knocking on this door of like this, you know, community, world to, to finally get my foot in the door. Um, and I'm so blessed and humbled that I, I've been given the opportunity. Um, I definitely don't take it for granted. I do believe um, a part of the, the journey being so long was because I didn't go to school for sports management, right? Um, and so I this is my personal opinion. I um, think that folks maybe don't see the skills as transferable when you don't go to school for sports management or business management, right? Like my path was non-traditional as it could be. I studied African-American studies um, 
and kind of learn this world by doing the work, right? By being in AmeriCorps VISTA, working at an after-school program, then continuing on to a program called Breakthrough Miami, which also has my heart, another um, program that supports student uh, engagement and enhancement. Um, and so just continue, I did the work ultimately, um, physically, as opposed to like learning the, the book knowledge, right? Um, and so I think that both are valuable uh, of course, I, I love my college experience. I'm grateful for it. The student loans, maybe not so much, but I am very grateful for the college experience. And then the fact that I got to learn hands-on how to be um, in this space of community and connecting, you know, being that connector for children and families um, in, in, in need in different ways. Um, so Long story short, it was a long journey, but super happy to be here now and literally like a dream come true, right? And so I always tell people like, no one's gonna want your dream more than you. So you have to go hard, like for what's in your heart. Like had I given up, nobody would have cared. Like, and then I would have been over here sad little me, like I never got to do what I really wanted to do. Um, and that probably would have taken away many years of my life just from, uh, you know, not being fulfilled, right? So that's really important to me is that I'm fulfilled and that's why I didn't give up. When, I, you know, some others might have, I, I was very persistent because it was something that I was very passionate about. And look, here we are. Hopefully this will <laughs> inspire someone else to continue to, you know, pursue your dreams, even if it's that non-traditional route. Like no one's going to want it more than you ultimately. So just keep fighting. I mean, you're inspiring me right now. <laughs> Can Thank I say? you. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm in a very similar position, like been, well, I did get the sports job, you know, kind of out of school, but then got laid off and now still mm. trying to find it again and struggling. Yeah. It's been a year now to really motivate because you're, you know, you're in the back of your head, you're always like, is this the right path? Like, is this mm -hmm. a sign where I shouldn't be going this route? Like, is this the industry I want to work in? Yeah. But then you just got to remind yourself, like you were saying, like, the most of the people who, you know, have that success, the reason why they got it is because they didn't quit. That's they were like, nope, I'm just going to go another day. Just going to keep grinding and just going to keep doing it. And yeah, eventually got it. That's right. And you, you, it's going to work out for you because you understand that, right? Like just don't give up. Um, you know, prior to that, even the very first, like, I think it was seven years. That's where your number seven probably came from, Holly. I think it was seven years before I got an interview with a sports team from like applying my very first sports team application to an interview. So I originally, um, or my first interview, uh, so to speak, was with the 76ers in their community department. I made it like three rounds of their interview process and was like one of the final two candidates and wasn't selected. And that was like after seven years of applying for any sports job. And then I want to say it was about two years later um, when I, like I said, applied for the first Memphis Grizzlies Foundation opportunity, didn't get that one, and then came back again the next year for a, a position that was actually higher than the one prior, applied and got that. But all that time, what I, I was doing the work. I wasn't sitting on my hands, woe is me, like trying to like figure out I don't think I ever really thought like maybe this isn't for me like I was so convicted and um this is what I wanted to do and it was going to happen I just didn't know how and I didn't know when 
And so with that in my head, I just kept doing the work, kept networking, kept, um, you know, finding opportunities that would allow me to build that skill set um, so that when my time came and coach put me in, like I was ready ultimately. I do have a question because you mentioned teamwork online. So was that your main way of applying? Like, is that how you got the current job that you're in? Because, you know, on Twitter, there's always some back and forth with teamwork online. I feel like a lot of people in the sports industry have like a love-hate relationship with them, where some people say that they haven't heard back from the jobs and some people have. I've applied to jobs where I have heard back, but I haven't. I think it's like you have to understand that it is a job application and I don't think it's something on them could be I don't know but I know people that have seen like positive and negatives from the website so just Mm -hmm. wanted to hear your take in applying through them yes um so at first I really was like this is not real they're scamming like like I said there was seven years before I even heard anything so I would apply and always just get that automatic email back and so I was like maybe it's not a real platform it's like a scam um, but I did find out, so the jobs that I did get interviews or called in for an interview or, you know, get that first opportunity, the only way I was able to apply was teamwork. So I guess it does work. Um, you know, I, I will say that there are thousands of applications for these positions, y'all. So, um, one, I think just a little bit, I know about technology and I'm not super techie. I think that they have ways to, um, kind of scan applications to like weed stuff out before a human ever sees it. So I would certainly say that probably plays a factor. And then, like I said, the competition is very stiff, right? Um, There are people much like myself who um, have been knocking on this door for a really long time. Um, And so you're kind of like competing with folks like me who, you know, we're trying to get their foot in for a while, competing with folks fresh fresh out of college, competing with people who are within the organization, right, who are trying to move laterally, um, you know, amongst the departments. And so it's just tough competition as well. But I, from my perspective, teamwork is real. Um, I I would say the interviews that I've gotten, that was how I had to apply for those positions, and I got called back. So I hope that that does inspire someone. And, and again, don't take it personally. Um, I think that's another thing that's that's really critical is to like be mindful that um, it could just not be the right time. You could not be the right fit for the other staff members that are a part of the team. So it doesn't mean that you are not a quality candidate, but maybe someone else on the team is super good with data, technology, et cetera. And that's also what you're good at. And so maybe they need someone to fill in another puzzle piece um, to balance the team out. So it doesn't mean that you're not quality per se, um, as much as it it just might not be the right time and the right fit. And so I'm always gonna tell you, just keep knocking, look for different ways, non-traditional ways, right? So maybe you love the NBA, but be open. And that was me, like I, I, I knew like NBA is where I wanna be. But I love sports and I really do want to be the connector between sports and community. So I did apply to NFL soccer, which I know nothing about. Um, Baseball, which I kind of a little got, I know a home run, right? So like I was open, Um, even college, like, you know, I was looking at college sports teams, Um, you know, just those different ways that I could like get my foot in the door 
And then I knew if I got there, like I would do what I needed to do once I got in. So I would say just be open in that regard. Gotcha. And one other question I had for you, um, I guess more on the topic of youth sports, because we haven't really talked to anyone who I would say works in that, that area. How did, uh, how did COVID impact you guys? Because I know it was already tough enough trying to get parents to have kids participate. <laughs> and then COVID came through and was like, oh, let's make it Hello. harder. Thought you was doing something. Yeah. Um, our dear friend COVID. Um, so ultimately, we are an after school program. Uh, currently, this year, we're at five schools in the city. Um, our dear friend COVID came and decided that, you know, we all had to be in our individual homes so we could be safe. And we understood that. Um, and so what that meant for us was like pivoting completely to a virtual setting. Um, and just like adults get burnt out from looking at the computer. I know I have to like literally get up during the day and just walk laps because I just need to move. Our children experience the very same thing. So you are hundred percent correct. Um, in that it was a challenging transition. But what I can say, and I have to toot our, my team members' horns for this, our organization's horns, as well as our volunteers' horns, is that everybody was like, we're gonna, we're, we got this. Like, nobody came at it with a defeatist attitude. Um, I think because we all had that shared purpose that the youth are, are, are why. And so it was like, whatever we gotta do, like our volunteers were like, what you need, we're willing to, you know, get our hands dirty. Um, my, my supervisor, my team members, like everybody was just like, we're gonna figure this out. Um, and so we transitioned what was traditionally an after-school program where we would meet the students at the school. So the mentors would drive to the schools, meet with the students for an hour, one hour each week. Uh, we ended up here just like this on Zoom or on Microsoft Teams for that hour. Um, and it, in time, you know, at times was challenging. Um, I say was because we have just concluded our program two weeks ago. And it's just like crazy that like we survived this year, right? Like still mind blown by that. But um, we, uh, you know, would log into Zoom or Teams. Yeah, student engagement was a struggle. They're doing virtual school in this format for eight hours a day. And then you ask them to do something that's not a requirement um, and to be invested in it. And so um, I, we totally understood that like being zoned out or playing the video games because they just needed a brain break was absolutely going to be a part of this process. And the mentors kind of would like embrace that, right? And say, hey, all right, Let's talk about this and then, you know, show me something on your video game, right? So just kind of really meeting them where they were, but what we were not going to do was give up. Um, and so I think that's just like the recurring theme is that if there's a will, there's a way, literally. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's true. Like if you really want to do something, you can absolutely do it. Um, so we successfully worked with about 70 mentors, um, and probably about the same amount of students um, for almost a full calendar year in this COVID world, um, you know, really supporting the students. And, and towards the end of, of programming, um, one particular story that stands out to me, um, we match the groups together. Ideally, uh, we put the mentors with seventh grade students if it's their first year so that they can work with that 
group of students for two years in a row. So for seventh and eighth grade, and one of the mentors shared like, I'm really glad you all as program staff did not give up when like the world just kind of like went kaput um, because it really gave us an opportunity to bond and get to know one another on a deeper level because we now have experienced a pandemic together as well. So they had that opportunity to be in person at school the first year, which is our traditional model. And then the second year, you know, was this virtual world, but they felt like um, the bonds are like lifelong at this point because they, they got to do this together. Um, and so they gave kudos to the staff um, for not giving up and I'm the like most humble person that you'll probably meet. Um, so it's like really hard to like be like, oh, you well, you're like, I'm here. This is what I feel like I'm obligated to do is serve. Um, so I don't take credit for doing what I know I'm supposed to do. Um, but I'm working on saying thank you when I get a compliment. It's 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 a work in progress. <laughs> so I was grateful, you know, because it, it was tough. I, I will say it was tough. Um, and I I think, you know. We're stronger and, and better because of it. Um, and so, you know, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take the challenges. We'll roll with the punches as they, as they come. <laughs> um, and then to follow up on that, how do you see kind of the youth sports um, industry or aspect of the industry growing from here, like evolving? Do you think it is going to be impacted like permanently because of COVID or do you think it'll kind of go back to how it was before? So I can say that I'm not particularly in the youth sports um, space. Uh, so my good friend Antonio Perez at the Grizzlies um, could probably better answer in terms of like youth sports because he does deal with that department. But in terms of like, I think in general for his department and for the work that we do, um, I think we are going to have a lot of pluses that we take away. I I'm a cup half full kind of person. Um, and so what I see now is that there's literally not going to be a reason why we can't support young people. That's what came out of it for me is like, oh, you thought you had to be in person. Now we were forced to figure out a way to reach them not in person. So it's like, okay, now I think our program will ultimately be enhanced because now I think we have more elements um, that will help us give them better um, services and offerings in terms of what they need so we can meet them at school then maybe we can do additional you know virtual meetings so we're now we're maybe connecting with them more times a week so to me it was all good now when we were going through it mucha the stress <laughs> but now that we have been forced to pivot and learn other ways of doing and being I actually think it is a plus um and I think that across all markets, no matter what space you're in, like you, you're gonna be able to take something positive away from this that can help you do what you do better and help you reach the people that you work with um, on a deeper level. Yeah, I can only imagine because I know my brother, he struggled. He probably wouldn't even want me to say this, but I know he struggled <laughs> with classes just going oh, yeah. to school. But I can only imagine their attitude, you know, come, well, they were already home. I was about to say coming home, but being home and like logging off from school and then having to do this. But at least working with you guys, I'm sure it was fun. So something that they'd look sure. forward to, not just we going. Try. To class. <laughs> yeah, you know, not we just. Try 
doing work all day, but I'd love for you to dig a little deeper in case some of our listeners maybe don't know since a lot of them are in college or early in their careers, but just what exactly is the overlap between um, a lot of the foundations that teams have and how do they, like how do the foundations or the teams or the organizations work together? Because I don't think we've had someone that can kind of speak to that or even a lot of people don't know that not even just teams, but a lot of players have their own foundations that people partner with and just, you know, different organizations or companies have foundations that the sport team will partner with. So I love to know exactly, you know, how things work together and how you kind of get the best of both worlds if you're interested in this. Absolutely. Great question. Um, No pressure, right? Because I'm the first to have to answer this. (laughs) But so in terms of the Grizzlies Foundation, right, um, the... Grizzlies um, Foundation's board uh, ultimately decided, and this might, I might be misspeaking, this might have, I assume, would have been in partnership also with the team side, so possibly team president, like those kind of both important people. Um, I imagine that they worked together and said, hey, what do we care about, right? What does our city need? What's important to us? Um, And then how do we step up to the plate and be a vessel. And so in terms of Grizzlies Foundation, mentoring was what the foundation decided that it was gonna like focus on. Um, And so literally that's what we live and breathe. Um, We have our direct service program, which is the team mentor program. Um, Direct service being we literally run programming every week with young people and volunteers in the community. Then we also have our mentor Memphis Grizzlies arm, which is our um, grant arm of the organization. So giving dollars to support other mentoring programs who are doing this work. And then they also provide technical assistance as well for mentoring programs. So training volunteers in the community who are interested in becoming new mentors, et cetera. Um, So each team, you can expect that they do have this um, corporate social responsibility, right? That's probably the word that college folk are mostly going to be um, familiar with. They do have that arm, um, hopefully. And I I do believe just being a member of the NBA family, from what I've seen, like every team is committed to community. It just looks different and you can't have it be a one size fits all. The needs in Memphis are not the same and Charlotte are not the same in New York, et cetera. Um, And so uh, each community may have, uh, each team rather may have different focuses. Each foundation may have different focuses. And so, um, you know, doing some research in that space and and, uh, you could probably easily find going to a team's website, what what are they about? It it will easily show if you go to grizzliesfoundation.org. I think the first thing that's going to pop up is it probably says mentoring right at the top somewhere, right? And so that should be the same for all teams um, in terms of what their community arm is about. Um, So the foundation here is a private foundation. um, And then, you know, we also do have opportunities to connect the players to the um, community through our community engagement arm. So that is on the team side. So it kind of, you'd be like, oh, is that all the same? 
it's all community work, um, but each team has a community engagement arm. There goes my coworker I told y'all about. Um, and then uh, I would say most probably also have a foundation as well. The focuses are likely um, aligned, but there might be some differences there. Uh, to your point, like players do get voice as they should and things that they're passionate about. So some of the service opportunities that they may engage in um, might not necessarily align with what the team's community statement, you know, mission and vision is, um, because they, it might be something personal that they're passionate about because of, you know, who knows what, what something that they've experienced in their life, et cetera. But overall, there is community work you can guarantee happening in each team. And so it's just a matter of doing a little bit of research there to see like, what their focuses are and then you know where you think you can kind of fit in in that space how you can help <laughs> what do you think uh either like skill set or qualities are important um to really work in your uh part of the industry yeah um i a hundred percent put empathy at the forefront um maybe not necessarily a hard skill, right? But I would even say a life, it's just a life skill, a skill you need in life. Um, you are dealing with people from all walks of life, um, you know, with different backgrounds and experiences than you, whether that be your team members, the people you serve, the volunteers you work with, et cetera. And so I think empathy is extremely important. Um, also just like problem solving clearly COVID. <laughs> so we had to um, really innovate and think on our toes, um, be willing to pivot and shift. So I would also say, you know, that adaptability piece is, is critical. It can change at any moment. Whoever knew, who could have guessed, there would be a bubble of MBA. Like what is, like what even is this, right? And so just how that innovation, right, is also required on the community side and in the work that we do, because you never know which way the wind is going to blow. Um, we'd like to think that things are going to be, you know, pretty consistent and repetitive, but sometimes they're not, and you've got to be able to pivot. Um, so I'd say empathy, adaptability, um, the ability to problem solve 100%. Um, and I'd also say self-motivation is huge. Um, a lot of people will say, I may or may not agree, depending on the, the time or day that this is thankless work, right? Um, you're not in it for accolades and for a shine. Hopefully you're not, right? You're Hopefully you're here because you have a servant heart and you want to be a vessel to do good for, for others. Um, and so um, sometimes you can get burnt out. You can feel unappreciated. Um, if you're like me, I'm an empath. I take on the weight of the world. I feel everything. And so um, if a kid is going through a mentor, like one of our students, his brother passed from COVID um, this year. We had a mentor whose dad was not doing well due to COVID. So it was like, okay, I got to show up and be my best self for them, but I'm also feeling everything that they feel. And so you really need a lot of self-motivation and the ability to like make sure your cup is as full as you can have it, right? Um, because 
this was just a trying year um, so that you can show up and be the best for the people that you serve. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, 100%. And I, I remember there would just be some days where, you know, you're just struggling. You're like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, <laughs> is it Friday yet? Like, where's the weekend? But then Lost kinda... track of days, <laughs> everything. Like, what time, what day is it? Did I brush my hair? Did I take a bath? Like, it was a lot this year, y'all, but we did it. but then kind of when you talked about earlier where you know you'd see like a kid smiling or having fun at a game Mm -hmm. or I remember I got to help put together like a soldier homecoming and like to this day like top five moment to see like I had tears I won't I won't lie I had tears I had to look away because I was like yeah it was a full it was a full circle moment too not to cut you off um but totally in alignment with what you're saying um so we were able to get John Morant to like, now this is when COVID had just started. So like, I think we were trying to like get him um, in person. That was always the goal, right? Because the kids want to meet the superstar. Um, But COVID happened and we were able to get him virtually to do a meet and greet. Y'all like, again, a top five moment for me Um, and, and kind of full circle from like that Dwayne Wade moment that I got to have to then like, the, you know, rookie of the year now for Memphis Grizzlies Um, and me, you know, being a part of like how he was, um, you know, able to speak with our students was so full circle, so mind blowing. He was so awesome and down to earth with the kids and just let him, you know, let them know, like, I'm here with you. You don't have to be nervous. Like, talk to them about what it was like being a middle school student and leaning on mentors, which, um, you know, he, he focused on, you know, saying like, I went and saw my counselors every day wasn't easy, you know, use your resources. So like, it was just su- such a full circle moment. So I do understand like you, I, I probably kind of had a little thug tear in here. I'm not a thug at all. I cry, y'all. I'm a cry baby. But yeah, I understand like how that soldier, uh, you know, moment that you're talking about, I, I got to experience that. Um, this was just, again, can't keep track of time. It was, but yeah. I think it was just last year but yeah I always just think back to those moments because then I'm like that's like that's the reminder I'm like that's what I'm here this for is that's, what I'm that's why I love this job yeah yes 100 percent. all right well we are running low on time unfortunately I know <laughs> <laughs> love chatting with you all <laughs> but we do have uh two questions that we always like to close out our episode with Um, Mm -hmm. So the first one is, what advice do you have for any individual trying to break into the sports industry? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Um, No one's going to want your dream more than you want it. So you have to go hard for what's in your heart. Um, And go hard might be different, you know, for everybody. Um, That might be, if you're like me, you submit seven years worth of applications before you get an interview. Um, you know, it might look very different. It might mean, you know, working more than one job. So like doing your full-time job plus something part-time where you can like build a skill set in the field that you hope to get into, which, you know, in this case would be sports. Um, but yeah, just no one's going to want your dream to come true more than you. So fight for it a hundred percent. That's true. People call you crazy until you do it. Listen, I'm sure folks were like, Carrie, are you still talking about wanting to work for sports? It's not going to happen. And then we'll get you now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> and then the last question we have is just how can people get in contact with you? Oh, love it. Um, so I am happily available via LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Carrie Bell. I had to throw that C in there. So my, my whole life, everybody just call me Carrie Bell. And if you know, growing up in the South, they think that that's one name. So I had to start throwing my middle initial in there. So folks know, like, my name is Kit. My first name is Carrie, not Carrie Bell. Um, but yeah, Carrie C. Bell on LinkedIn. Um, and happy to um, be connected via email, cbell at grizzlies.com. Mm. She gave y'all the work email, so she means business. <laughs> and I hope you do too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm happy to help. Happy to help any way I can. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show. I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to your story, and it's always a pleasure talking to you. You just radiate positive energy, and oh, y'all, we record this at the end of the day, so it was just great to just feel her energy. Now I feel like I can conquer the world, but I'm not. So <laughs> You can, though. <laughs> I mean, Beyonce true. says we can, so... And she's always right. <laughs> You're right. Okay, I take it back. I'm about to go conquer the world now. So I guess we will see you guys later. And hopefully you'll tune into our next episode. Bye. Thank you.